Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Well, hallelujah for Monday morning. I know, I never thought I'd say that. People get Sunday night dread, don't they? I actually get like Sunday night (laughs) excitement. (laughs) It's the Sunday blues, you don't get them because your your weekend sounded absolutely bonkers. It was and it's silly. We shouldn't say yes to all these things, but we do. And it's more, do you know what it is? It's more like birth, it was Gigi's birthday. And so you have to have lots of, we see lots of different people for her birthday. Yeah, of course. Um, But anyway, do you know what? I started the morning like in a really lovely way because we've been rushing around all weekend and like from the moment we picked the kids up on Friday to like last night, we actually got up early this morning and because we were ready, I was like, right, let's go out and have breakfast. So I took the kids to Gail's for a croissant before school and we actually had a chat, which was nice. No. I had a lovely chat. Axel's been like a bit funny about going to this certain uh, school club, which he used to love and then suddenly didn't. So I wanted to get to the bottom of that. And then walked into school, like had a, just a really like relaxed start to the day. And well I, done, I really George. need to do that. Yeah, yes. well done. Do you know what? I've been reading so much and I don't know if it's the universe sending me signs, but I keep seeing things about the 5am club. And do you? Like everywhere, every article I read, every time I click on somewhere online, I see it about how much more productive and how much more of a better mood you're in if you start your day with with a five in front of it. Oh, now, gosh. to any parents listening, who have been <laughs> most like, probably do that already. I've been through the last seven years with Luna waking me up every single morning with a five in front of it. I just think you absolute fucking asshole that's written that, and it's now a thing because <laughs> I've been dragged into it and forced into it. But this morning when she came in, and actually she got to six o'clock today, and I was like, oh my god, this is great because it's obviously super light. My yeah. all, all my automatic reaction inside my brain, the first thing is always negative. Because you know what she's been doing to me, George. She creeps in, stands next to me and watches me until I, like, you know, that sort of terrified, like, ah, like that, like a child just creeping over you. And I know it's my child. Um, <laughs> and today, I norm- and normally I think, oh, just please go away. But this morning I was like, good morning, my love. 
I was like coming for a cuddle and then I was like shall we get up we got up straight away went downstairs went out into the garden we were looking at bugs we were like you know just kind of taking in the moment of the morning and actually I also feel a lot better yeah no do you know what starting the morning in a more relaxed way is so much better if you can do it like not rushing around even just once or twice a week I think but I think that 5am club thing only works if you're up before the rest of the house right most people listening to this are going to be like no no I'll be getting up at four yeah Um, but yeah it's a hard one isn't it yeah it is hard what time do I so then do I am I supposed to set my alarm at 5 30 get myself ready in those 15 minutes and, and then when she comes in I'm like good morning (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that whole 5am club book is by, I can't remember who it's by. Is that someone called Robin someone? It's all like, you're not meant to check your phone. You're supposed to move. You're supposed to <laughs> meditate and you're supposed to do something else. And like, to be honest, when I read that, I was lost. I was like, I mean, no. No, Robin no, no, Sharma. No. Yeah, I've got it. I've downloaded it. It's on my. It, it's on Audible. I, it's just. I think you can take some principles from it, can't you? Like for you, it could just be fifteen minutes. Like you okay. just get up fifteen minutes before everybody. You don't look at your phone. Maybe you go and sit and have a coffee in the garden. That would. For, that seems like a lovely way to start the day. There we what go. What about in the pitch black in winter? That's what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? It's like 5am. Are you sure? Like what when it's like freezing cold, pitch black? I mean, no, I don't want to see if we were living in Ibiza or if we were living yeah. in Bali or if we were living oh. somewhere that's really glorious. Go into the, the garden, summer. yeah, and do some grounding. It no. does say own your morning, elevate your life. There is there is something in this. I tell you what, I'm going to try and read this and then let's have another conversation. But I'm not sure Robin Sharma was writing it for parents who are absolutely no. exhausted. Exactly. Agreed. But you're okay. actually mentioning about Luna. You said you were going into the garden and looking at bugs. I was talking to, I was talking on the podcast couple of weeks ago about her her maybe I don't like to use the word anxiety but maybe she's developed a bit of a thing about her hair and how we were having these really stressful mornings where she was asking me to do her hair and she was like I hate my hair and she was pulling pulling it out and getting really upset and cross with me well the latest one is bugs I'm wondering if anyone else is kid Uh, is terrified all the bugs that are entering the house is he the same yeah totally the same so what, what completely what's going freaks on out it's yeah. always been like that though freaks out over wasps absolutely anything flies screams really? yeah yeah exactly the same has she not always been like that no this is just the last i guess the last few months maybe but obviously because all the windows are open but like this morning when she was like um you know, there's a bug in my room. I was like, what sort of bug is it? And she was like, it's a wasp. And then she went, it's a bee, it's a fly. And I was like, well, which fucking one is it? When I went in there, it was a daddy long legs. And I was like, right, they don't have teeth. They can't bite you. And then she was like, you once told me that they were the most poisonous things in the world if they had teeth. And I was like, oh my God, why did I say that? Do you know that fact that if they could actually bite, couldn't they kill you? They've got like horrible venom in them. But they, do you know that? No. I didn't want to know that either. <laughs> I, made that I don't up? want to know that. I hope you've. Okay, I'm not even going to fact check. You've made that up because I'd rather <laughs> believe that. Than the believe. urban myth is that a daddy long legs are venomous. It is just a myth. It's true that they can't bite, but the venomous rumours is likely to have due to its its confusion with certain species of spider. Okay, I did just make that up. Okay, cool. Phew. All right. Phew. So it's all my fault. So she's got this fear of bugs. So I thought what I would do is, is kind of take her into the garden a bit more and kind of show her the different types of bugs and kind of go through different things with her and try and sort of let her face her fear a little bit. Thoughts? Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I think that's. I think it's a really good idea. With Axel, we uh, didn't know what to do with the whole. It's more wasps and bees, and we just kept saying, like, look how big you are in comparison to that thing. Like, what? What do you think is going to happen? You know, like talking him through it. Like, what do you think is going to happen to you? And he'd be like, I'm going to get stung, and we're like, Yeah, you might do. Have you been stung before? And he'd be like, Yes. And we're like, right, okay, and you're still here. Like, you're still here to tell the tale. He's like, yeah, I am. You know, like, just trying to, like, rationalise what what are they scared of? But I get it, because I guess lots of people are scared of creepy crawlies, aren't they? But it's, I don't know. I I really don't know what the right thing to do is. But I think, yeah, just talking about them and being with them more. I'd quite like to get someone someone on the podcast to talk about fears because I think it's quite an interesting one you know obviously we discuss things that maybe you've got a fear of you know spiders or snakes or whatever it is and then suddenly the way that you react if you see one Mm. on the telly or you see one on your laptop or whatever it is they will pick up on that kids are sponges but how do we coax our children through their fears would be quite an interesting chat leave it with us let's do it Um, right George we need to get into today's chat what a beautiful conversation not where we thought it was going to go I know do you know what and sometimes this happens we have uh, an idea of what we want to chat about and then you know it takes a completely different turn and I love the turn that this one took I do too I absolutely do and I think it was quite shocking in parts to hear you know our guest's experience during you know her pregnancy journey during her labor and afterwards and how other black mothers are also treated um yeah jaw-dropping so I think we should just get into this conversation it is a really really fascinating one Georgia who are we talking to today we are chatting to Atanuke Awe So joining us on the podcast today, a mama, an entrepreneur. Uh, She's the founder of Mums and Tea. She's also done such an incredible job at uh, raising awareness around uh, raising an autistic child. Uh, She's also a massive advocate for black maternal health. Please say a warm welcome to Atanuke Awe. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. I'm good. Blasted, thanks for bearing with me later. Oh, that's all right. Do you know what? We always actually like to paint a picture of our guest's morning. So how's your morning been? You say you're flustered. What's been going on? So I arrived from, um, I went on holiday. I know I arrived from Dubai like quite late last night. I'm obviously quite jet lagged, really tired, seven hour flight, not cool. Uh, although the holiday was amazing. I've come back to Stansted Airport of all places. It's far away from where you live. No, it's a bit closer to where I live. Yeah, but we normally go from like Gatwick or like Heathrow, you know, like no one ever chooses Stansted. But it was a tiny bit cheaper to go back to Stansted. So I was like, well, it can't be that bad. Oh my God, it's the worst. Um, <laughs> well, this is this is filling me with dread because we literally just booked our flights. We're going away in the summer and we are flying from Stansted because it was oh seven, my God. 700 yeah. pounds cheaper, not just a bit cheaper, 700 quid cheaper than going from Heathrow. I was like, what? We're doing oh this. We're doing God. it. My husband was like, we're not. I was like, yes, we are. We're doing it. It is hell. Yeah. It is hell. It okay. is. Sorry Can't to wait. anyone listening who is flying <laughs> from Stansted in the summer. Brace yourself. No, it'll be fine. Yourself. It's always worth it, isn't it? Were you with the kids? No. Oh my God, you weren't with okay. the kids. You jammy reality bastard. check then. <laughs> I was on my own. Well, I was with my mates. But yeah, no kids. It was a kid-free holiday. So yeah, that was amazing. And obviously to th- this morning is my mum's birthday. So I knew that I'm I'm not free in the evening. So I was like, right, do the um school run, mm. drop my daughter at nursery, drop my son at school, go and pick up my mum, go and have breakfast, drop her back, come here, have the meat. So like, obviously I'm a bit like doing all of this and I'm really tired. But yeah, thanks for well, bearing. Well, this will be, hopefully this will be the, the right start to your day. 
the proper start to your yes. day. Uh, I just want to read start. something to you um, that I found about you. Um, she was named British Vogue's Force for Nature in 2021 for the impact that she's made through the Five Times More campaign. Please, I mean, first of all, girl, can, what? That's amazing. That is absolutely incredible. So just talk us through that and please talk to us about your the, the campaign that you have, be, you know, beaten the drum so, 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 so heavily for. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was, that was actually, we was, I'm actually still in shock that that happened. So we were featured in Vogue twice. The first one was um, just around the campaign and what we're doing, talking about black maternal health. And then the second one, yeah, they, they, they named us a force for change. And I'm like, do you know the amount of like amazing people that are on this list and we are like here it it, it still feels quite surreal because that's British folk do you know what I mean yeah like I know we shouldn't really place importance on these kind of things but that's still quite an honor mm-hmm. um so yeah that that all came about from the fact that we campaigned for black maternal health outcomes and you know we've done quite a few things in this space being the first one being our petition that went viral in 2020 um it which led to black maternal health being debated in parliament for the first time ever in its history we've got 187,000 signatures on um that that petition and it all feels really bittersweet because it was after um the murder of George Floyd and mm-hmm. kind of ev- i think everyone just kind of woke up and realized that you know there are issues that affect like black people and and this was a huge one um because you you look at that you just think five times more ha- like how how is that how is that likely how is that how's that come about so that that statistic is that black women are five times more likely to die in hospital during childbirth than white women is that correct historically so at the time of us starting there were five times more hence our name yeah and it's five times more likely to die during pregnancy childbirth and the six weeks after the six okay. weeks postpartum period okay. after um and so yeah that's that's the full stat and it is in comparison to white women yes and I think what makes it so crazy is the fact that black women only account for a very 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 small number of births so if anyone's like really good at maths here I'm not but if anyone's like really good at working out like maths and all of those kind of things we are heavily overrepresented in those statistics Mm. that's why it's such a big issue because we don't account for a lot of births but we make up a very huge number of the people yeah, who are dying yeah. so something is clearly going on there and does that stat is that stat still the same now or are we like three years three or four years on three or four years on is now 3.7 times so it's going down but it's still yes. 3.7 times more likely it's it's still quite yeah. huge and um you know we welcome obviously it going down but it's quite a lot what made you i guess go for this you know go go for this campaign and start the position petition was it like a personal experience or um something that happened absolutely yeah it definitely was a personal experience so my son when I gave birth to my son in 2017 I had quite a difficult pregnancy to say the least but I had preeclampsia that wasn't diagnosed until right at the end of my pregnancy and then I'd gone to the hospital and yeah it was just horrific it was really really bad I wasn't believed that I was in labor wasn't offered any pain relief it was just a really awful experience I ended up having an assisted delivery 
And I don't think that's the end of the world, right? People have assisted deliveries all the time. People have um, emergency C-sections, yeah. all of that kind of thing. That's not the end of the world for me. It's the way that I was treated. It's the, ma- the way that I was made to feel like I wasn't important. It's the way I wasn't believed. And I feel like that assisted delivery could have been avoided if someone had just listened to me. I'm shocked. Mm. My, my, my jaw is on the floor, actually. I find that really yeah. hard to hear that you were treated so badly when you went in. Oh God, it was awful. It was, yeah, it was really bad. They, I remember at one point someone said, um, one of the um, health professionals was like, oh, if you're making this much noise now, what are you going to do later when you're actually in labour without realising that I was actually in labour, but they didn't check me to know. <sighs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's kind of how it came about. I had that personal experience and, and I ran Mums and Tea, which was safe space for mums to come and connect and like, you know, bring your baby. We'd go to like cafes and like go and have fun, go to the zoo, whatever. It was just, it was a vibe, obviously the pandemic ruined that and we're slowly trying to come back now but yeah we um I had quite a lot of um mums who were also telling me the same thing loads of black mums who were like yeah I had an emergency c-section I had retained placenta no one believed me and I was just like what's going on here like why is why is this happening and so when these statistics um from the embrace report so we take all our statistics from embrace they um they count for all of the the deaths the maternal deaths in england um and wales i believe they said that black women were five times more likely to die and i was like that's not surprising like that's shocking but it's not surprising because of everything that i was hearing from the people in my community mm. it was mm. really bad yeah and so i really wanted to do something about it at first i i, I linked up with my co-founder and i was like oh let's have an event let's raise awareness um yeah we didn't have that event we ended up just building five times more because there was such a need for it yeah. so that's kind of how that came about so i was going to ask you my next question was going to be why is it happening do you think but i feel I mean, I, th- I think we've just got a snippet. And I, th- I think you're saying that is because when, you know, women of colour go into hospitals, they are not believed. When black women go in, they're not believed that they, that they either need painkillers or that they're in labour or that, you know, they're, they're almost to the side. Yeah. Is, that, is that correct? I honestly believe that there are loads of different reasons. And you can't put it on just one. Um, I think part of the reason is... I feel like there's a Eurocentric nature of the medical profession in general. So Mm. things such as not even just in maternity, but just overall, right? They don't know what things look like on on darker skin. They don't know what things, how it appears. Um, Students are just being told, oh, you'll know what, you'll know what it looks like, you know, from from if they're in lectures and they're raising that, how would this look like? You know, what, what does, what do certain things look like on darker skin? They're told quite literally oh don't worry you'll know you'll figure it out and that's not very technical do you know what I mean um it's not right either because um black and brown people make up quite a significant amount of the population so if you can't even diagnose what things look like on their skin that how how do you expect them to how can you help yeah how can you help Yeah. yeah so yeah I think the Eurocentric nature I think there's loads of stereotypes when it comes to black women and and the nature of them giving birth getting pregnant that they're loud and they're strong that they're angry there's so many of these stereotypes that come from and I don't want to give you guys a history lesson like that's really really boring but it does stem from a really long time ago things that have happened historically that still play a part in what we see today so I think that's that's really important to know um you know those certain stereotypes don't allow people to see past that you know to see that we are in pain we are you know human and we do bleed red blood so we did last year we launched the 
UK's largest um, experiences, reports, sorry, on black women's experiences in the UK. And a common yeah. theme was that they weren't listening, you know, weren't listening. People just are not listening. And that's not to say that this doesn't happen to white women at all, because you get white women who have bad experiences. You get Chinese women who have bad experiences. Yeah. You get loads of women who, you know, I, I think the NHS is really overstretched and, you know, things things happen. Negligence does happen. They things do, do happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But how do you account for that five times more historically? Yeah. You know, this is not the stats don't lie. The stats mm. speak for themselves. They've been like this, they've been really high for black women for decades. For decades. For such a long time. And and I just think you can't argue with the stats. You can't argue with the yeah. facts that are right in front of you. Something is clearly going on because that's just death. That's not even morbidity. That's not all the other little, you know, what happened to me that would never come out in any stats. Yeah. You know, or, that's yes. not any trauma. Yeah, yes. that's not, yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not captured anywhere, you know. And and I know from our report that again, we're not complaining. Black women aren't complaining because if you've had a bad experience, I remember my one of my friends said I tried to complain and they said that didn't happen here. You know? Um, oh. if you're if you're not being believed when you're in labor, if you're if you're being gaslit, if you're being told all these things, if you're being told that, you know, oh, you're strong, you can handle it you're going to be less likely to want to complain. You're just yeah. going to think, you know what, I've, my, I'm fine. My baby's fine. We're healthy. I just want to get rid of this yeah. experience. I don't want to think about it anymore. And so we're not likely, we're not going to, we're not going to be complaining because no one's going to believe us. Yeah. So there's a, it's a huge, it's a huge, you know, um, it's a huge thing with a lot of different le- levels, a lot of different layers. Um, But I think that's why we, we exist because we really want to get to the bottom of it and call the people who are in charge to to action we want to call them to say look this is what's going on you can't ignore it anymore what's going on how are we putting targets in to to, to get rid of this how are we making sure we're proactive how are we making sure that black women get the best Mm. care possible Mm. that's why we exist we basically want to change highlight that this is a thing this is not just something that's going on in america because a very similar problem is in america but yes a lot of people think oh that's just an american thing they don't realize it's here too so first and foremost you've got to highlight it hence you know why going in British Vogue, being on Channel Four, doing what—it's important to highlight that this is an yeah. issue. The conversations, you know, being had actually in Parliament for the first time ever around Black maternal health—that is incredible. What was the outcome, and who started the conversation? Well, the outcome was quite disappointing. Baby steps, eh? Baby steps. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. still now, all now, no one's committed to um, a target. They, they haven't put a target in place because they don't believe that the number is high enough. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, whenever I hear that, I think that's just really upsetting because you just think, oh, what? so you need more, more. women to die before yeah. you do anything? Like, do you know this is a thing? You know this is happening. You know that the care for black women and women in, in, in poorer areas and deprived areas, you know that the outcomes for them are a lot worse. So why wouldn't you put targeted specific things in place to be able to, you know, make that better? So that's quite sad. Um, yeah, we just have to keep banging the drum until something actually happens, something tangible. I mean, we do have an APPG now. So we provide the Secretariat for the Black Maternal Health APPG, which means we have regular meetings with MPs. They, they'll like maybe sign, if we put like an MP pledge in place, you know, they can personally decide to do things in their area, 
you know, if we can't call, call on the actual government to put a target in, at least the, the individual MPs can work towards doing things in their area for their constituents, mm-hmm. you know, so things like that. Like, I think it's really important that we're having these conversations and we're calling those um, who are in, in power to, to do something because this has been going on yeah. for way too long. We'll be right back after this short break. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? You mentioned that there's not been, there's not like one thing that's causing this number. But what have you found, like, what have you found since, you know, you've been campaigning and there's been a bit of an inquiry? Like, has there been anything that's been really shocking? Like, is it unconscious bias? What, like, what has, what, what, what has there been? So we actually run training um, with um, NHS, like, staff and within the individual trusts. And I would say from having conversations with them, a lot of them don't necessarily know that this is a thing, don't understand why and want to treat black women better, the ones that come into their care a little bit better. And so, and especially not even just the ones that live in London, the ones outside of London as well, because obviously it's, we've got a high population of ethnic minorities that live in London, but we're everywhere. So sometimes you'll get a lot of like health professionals like, oh, you know, how do I speak to, to black women that come? I just speak to anyone. I don't know. Like that's that's such a weird question. But like, you yeah. know, you hear yeah. these yeah, little yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. and you just think, okay, well, well, with dignity and with respect, I would yeah. hope, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, you get these little comments and you just make makes you think, oh, I wonder what's going on there. And I think the the whole unconscious bias thing, I think. I think that's a cop out. I think really, like, mm. if you're working in uh, these areas, these spaces, I think it's your duty to understand the type of people that are coming in. You know, to to like, what's your population? Like, what are their cultural practices? Yeah. What are what are the norms? Ask questions if you don't know. You know, don't yeah. just. I think I personally would never get offended if someone didn't understand something and they wanted to understand and ask a question rather than just assuming. Yes. I would never get offended. Mm. You know. And I think sometimes it's just asking a question. People are maybe a little bit afraid to ask questions. They don't want to offend. Data. Yeah. They don't want to get it wrong, thing. do they? They don't want to get mm. it wrong, so they say nothing at all, which yeah, I think nothing is at all. Mm. Data is yeah. a huge thing. Oh my God. So you guys know about the um the Ockenden report that was released uh, um a couple of no. months ago. So Donna Ockenden did a um a report on the Shrewsbury and Telford um Shrewsbury and Telford scandal, the maternity scandal. Yeah. yeah so there was a report about off, right. the ta- yeah. off the back of that. And and there was a, a huge missed opportunity for data collection there. And for me, what gets measured gets done. So if you ha- if you don't have the correct data, then you don't even know what's going on to be able to change. And when I say data, I mean like things like ethnic my um, minority being correctly um, collected, so that you can get 
feedback from the right people and things like that so I think if you're not even collecting the right data I'll give you an example so I am black maybe you can't tell from my name or from you know whatever that I'm black African you might think I'm black Caribbean and you put me down as something else and you haven't asked so you've put down or if you don't even ask it automatically goes down as white anyways so the way that they collect the data and the fact that the data is not the same in all of the hospital trusts is it makes data collection really poor you did they don't have the correct data sets and and so I believe even if you started from that kind of get everyone on the same page, make sure people are self-selecting rather than people guessing, like health professionals guessing. I think you could really start to paint a better picture of what's going on, Mm. being proactive as well. Mm. So they only collect feedback um, unless someone actively complains. But there's this thing called the CQC survey that happens every February for everyone that's given birth in February, I believe. And that happens once a year. And I just think... Okay, it's a start, it's something, but it's a whole missed opportunity of like so many other months, number one. And number two, like it's from last year. So you're not collecting real time feedback from people who are giving okay. now. Yeah, it's I not understand. as fresh. Yeah. So mm. it's not, for me, it's not as proactive. You know, if there were more opportunities for feedback or there are more opportunities for people to say, actually, this is what happened um and that kind of thing I think things could could really change but they're not doing that unfortunately yeah how how did it make you feel personally after the way that you were treated when you were in labor with your son I felt like I wasn't important I felt like I wasn't important and like my voice didn't matter it was such a awful experience like I felt you know I couldn't push. By the time it was time for me to push, I couldn't push. Hence the assisted delivery. I was so exhausted, so tired, no pain relief, having to, you know, not be believed and go through that whole labour experience with people actually not believing that I was in labour was very exhausting. Yeah. And and I didn't, I just felt like no one cared. Mm. And horrendous. what it is, and what effect do you think that had on you? Um you know, as as a first time mom, um, you know, like going into a, what's really the unknown, I guess, with a newborn. How how did that affect you? I guess so. You know, the whole thing I was saying about you know, black women may be less likely to complain because you just think, you know, you know what, I'm just gonna put that behind me. Mm. Happened to my mom. Happened to my sister. Happened to my best mate. I'm a, I'm no different. Put it behind me and kind of get on. Like my baby's all right. My baby's healthy. There's no after you know after those complications there's no complications with the baby I'm healthy I'm fine I'm just going to leave it there and I guess you I just want to get away do don't that. you you just want to get you away do. you want to yeah. get as far away as possible and I guess I tried to do that until I just kept hearing similar stories within people who had given birth around the same time as me maybe in the same like area and stuff like that or even just outside of that just hearing people's experiences that are just as traumatic and they feel just as you know, like as they're made to feel just as rubbish, that made me feel like, nah, man, we need to, we need to be doing something about this. Mm. I just felt like this is this is injustice. Coupled with the the statistics, and I think what did it for me was when I asked my mum about her experience of giving birth to like mm. me and my siblings, and she was brought to tears. She was brought to tears remembering what that trauma was. Imagine having to carry that. Oh, mm. God. Yeah, because I think we're talking about things a lot more now, aren't we, than, you know, 
your mum would have done um and yeah I mean I guess I think what you you're doing and what you guys are doing is absolutely incredible it has to um, happen it has yeah. to happen because otherwise the, the pattern just carries on and it just keeps yeah. repeating itself and then you know like it has been historically it's just the norm it's just what happens and you just have to get on with it it's Can't just, just ridiculous accept it. exactly what, what can we do the, the, the people that are listening to this podcast and obviously you know for Georgia and I who've been watching your campaign and really from a distance I guess supporting you but don't feel like we've been actively involved what can we do to make a change to make a difference to throw our weight behind it that's a good question I guess giving more light to the conversation like I said before because there may be some of your listeners who don't actually know that this is a thing so giving more light to it and having those conversations in these kind of spaces is super super important um because you can't change something you don't know about so yeah yeah that's first and foremost but also there are little things like writing to your mp so we have an mp writing letter campaign so you can write to your mp get them to sign up to our mp pledge so that they can do things in their local constituents um see and and try and make things better as well also we so because of the way we're set up we're currently a cic which is a community interest company and we're hoping to be able to become a charity at some point but we rely quite heavily on donations to be able to do the work so even if it was um, a small donation whatever you can afford it makes a big difference because it means we can right. just continue on the work that we're doing um, and maybe we hire some staff so we can actually get through to our emails <laughs> 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 You don't even want to know what our emails are like. We get like at least a hundred emails a day. <laughs> we can't. Get How them. do you find the energy? You're a mum of two. You know you're busy. You're busy. I mean, you're flat out doing it. Where do you get the energy? How do you juggle it all? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually know. I think I run on vibes. I run on vibes. You and just energy. do it. I just do it. Like <laughs> obviously, I've come on the call. I know I was a little bit late. I, this is my life. I'm constantly just go, go, mm, go, just like running doing around, stuff, running around like a headless chicken, but getting it done somehow. Um, yeah, I don't know. My my kids fuel me. If anything, my kids do fuel me. So obviously, I with um, with Ezekiel and his special needs, so he's autistic. So I just feel like even even though I've got all of this stuff going on, like I'm doing this for him so he can have a better life and so I I quit my job so I could be more flexible I mean what's that um what's that I think it's like a video meme or something like a TikTok like I quit my nine to five so I can work all hours of the day yeah me. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's literally me but um I think me quitting my job which wasn't an easy decision financially but I think just having a bit more flexibility yeah I think I'm able to be there for my family first and foremost but things like this I can I can do more of so yeah yeah that's how I find the time I do sleep loads which is good go to bed at a sensible time so I'm um, I don't really prescribe to that whole wake up early go to bed really late because I won't be 100 yeah, percent family best. I won't be my best and I can't so yeah like, I think my days are like really tight but I'm still flexible um and I think what also fuels me is like what you said like this has to stop this has to end I don't want my daughter to be campaigning about this in 30 odd years do you know what I mean mm. it's got to be a thing yeah. in the past it's got to come down and so that also motivates me because I'm like this is really important stuff you know it's literally mm. quite life-changing stuff um mm. and so for whatever reason you know it's myself and my co-founder that are in this position where 
You're holding the, the buttons. Yeah. You are. Yeah, you got <laughs> them. The light. And it. it's, it's kind of, you know, we've got to keep going until, you know, some real cha- tangible changes happen. So I, I think that just, that does keep me going. In so in such a short amount of time, we've achieved so much. Um, mm. and, and, you know, things are looking, you know, a lot better because we offer like free resources for women as well. So we do quite a mm. few things with the campaign, but my favorite is offering free resources and things for women to be able to advocate for themselves and have better birth experiences and stuff like that. That's what matters for me. You know, yeah. that's, that's it for me at the end of the day. And to hold your hands up, and be brave enough to speak and be brave enough to complain if a complaint needs to happen and to be brave enough to have the conversation, you know, to bang the drum loud, loudly, because if you're told that you can't do it or no one's going to listen, yeah. you stop doing it. You stop. Exactly. You know, we need people like you to make this change happen. It's like, it's admirable. It's so inspiring. It really is. And like you said that, you know, we need the whole picture in order to make change. And so by having these conversations and by you know doing everything you're you're doing we will get that whole picture and you know we'll all be equipped to know what to do and people will complain and people will advocate for themselves and we'll get that number down for sure yeah no hoping so I mean the fact that it's actually gone down since we've started is brilliant Mm. more to be done but we're really grateful for that you know that small change means that Things are happening. So um, now we we ha- have got so many other things that we want to talk to you about, but we're running out of time. So we're going to get to your um, your products that you love and that you swear by, or products that you think our listeners need to um, to to turn to, whether it's the resources that you put together, or websites, or conversations, or books, or whatever. So just tell us what you think. Okay, amazing. So I would say first and foremost, and I think you might have had her on the show, um, Toby's book toby asari's book um uh, yeah. yeah yes such an amazing book oh my god i'm yeah. so proud of my friend she's done amazing i literally swear by her book the blend um i think it's great for working mothers i bought a copy for my um my best mate who's now finally um joining us in the whole motherhood group um um you know the whole motherhood journey should i say um and she's been loving it so far and you know you can literally read it at all different stages and take so much from yeah. it in terms of like blending life work family fun all of that kind of thing how do you actually yeah. do it and not feel guilty about that so yeah mm-hmm. brilliant book brilliant read obviously quick plug some of the resources the five go times for more it website, go for it the five times more website I, I, I can say i love it i'm, I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in charge of social media and the website and putting all this stuff on there so yeah have a look please um, I think it's good. I think it's amazing. We do have some really, really good resources, including free hypnobirthing um, from the Positive Birth Company, from uh, that wow, partnership that we brilliant. have with them. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my second experience with my daughter, um, Eden, which was like midway through the pandemic in 2020, was the best experience ever because I'd done hypnobirthing. I uh, got in contact with them and they were like, oh my God, we love what you do. Love the campaign. Like, let's partner. So we offer that to women, 100 um, um, women every month get access to that. Obviously That's loads brilliant. of different resources, like when to call the midwife, um, things about baby loss, things about literally like everything, like who's who in maternity. It's a really good resource, how to complain, yeah. what to do, like it's all on there. Pretty good, if I say so myself. Another quick plug. So I'm um, on top of everything else I do. I run Learning with Ez, which is we specialize in diverse educational resources. 
for babies and toddlers and we've got a brilliant range of resources um such as like flashcards and posters and things like that and it's brilliant for babies we literally have like baby sensory cards all the way up until like alphabet cards and things like that and it's children of color so it's really really diverse mm. that started actually because I couldn't find anything that looked like my son unfortunately I was looking so like there's loads of like books that represent him but in terms of other stuff like resources um so I decided to just build a whole brand <laughs> off of him and his friends and so yeah I've, I really highly recommend the um resources there because um they're really good I put a lot of love into it and uh, all the kids love it especially our emotions cards they're really really good yeah they they sound great oh that's brilliant just before we go we always ask we always like to ask our guests for the best piece of advice that they've ever been given or the piece of advice that they'd like to give a new mum listening or a mum to be something that my mum said it sounds really simple but don't worry if you mess it up tomorrow's a new day and yeah. I think sometimes you can really get bogged down on the oh my god I didn't do this I didn't do that I shouted at them I did this and but no matter what, your kid's always going to love you and they don't know, mm. they don't necessarily see or know your flaws. Shake it off. Move on. I've, I love that. Maybe that should be your advice. Shake it off. And we can Shake sing. it off, let it go. Shake have it a glass of wine. Yeah, fuck it. And tomorrow is a new day. So yeah, I loved, when she told me that when I was a new mama, I was like, that's actually pretty sound. Thanks, mom. Yeah, love that. Love that that's from her. That's for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank, thank you so, you so much. much for coming on. Uh, we say it together. That's how we say it. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for being um, the person you are, because without you, stuff doesn't get done. So continue being so fucking tenacious and brilliant. And we are really fucking proud of you from afar. And thank you for coming on. You've been amazing. Thank you. I mean, a conversation that we've touched on before, but I think a really important one to keep having. Um, and I love as well that she's giving us really clear guidance on what we can actually do as well. And I hope, you know, if you're listening to this, you'll take something away from it. A hundred percent. And I think sometimes, you know, if we feel that, you know, it's not necessarily a subject that we know too much about or that we maybe feel mm. that we don't want to say the right, the wrong things, we don't want to get, you know, the language wrong around it or whatever it might be. There's a bit of fear around having that conversation, I think, in certain situations you know she, she's encouraged us today you know we, we, we've also got a role we've also got to speak out we've also got to make change so I mm. think having these conversations you know you can always refer back to it as well and just kind of keep beating the drum alongside her I think it's really important because yes that number has come down but it has not come down enough it shouldn't even no. be a thing exactly we've got to keep yeah you know, we've got to keep yeah. having the conversations and tr keep trying to make change um, but yeah, another episode I really enjoyed. Yeah, and massive, massive thank you to Atanuke for coming on. What a brilliant, brilliant chat. Um, as always, we'd love you to rate, review, subscribe, and please give our podcast a little follow. Always spread the word, please. Yeah, and if you keep spreading the word and giving us those five-star reviews, then the more people that listen, the better guests we'll get on, and in turn, that benefits you as well. So please, please, please do that. Um, any feedback, any guests you'd like to hear from, we're on Instagram. You can drop us a DM on at Made by Mummers, and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.